G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations, Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. Effective communication is a must, and sometimes all it takes is being open-hearted. In today's lesson from 2 Corinthians, we're going to learn more about this through the Apostle Paul. Our series is entitled, Heartfelt and inspired understanding second corinthians a verse-by-verse audio commentary open-hearted that's what this lesson is about and we're going to see that sometimes being open-hearted while there are risks involved and we are more vulnerable in the process can be so powerful and so effective it appears to me there are people out there in the public square who are doing very very well by telling all especially on themselves. Think of certain top TV personalities and even some high-profile Christian ministers. They do today what probably wouldn't have been done in times past. I still remember one person saying, and putting this in a book no less, that because they were on television, they needed to look good. And so they actually prayed to God if they could have permission to get a facelift. And apparently the Lord told them yes. So the thing is, In times gone by, who in their right mind is going to tell people they're getting a facelift? The only way you knew they had a facelift is the shape of their eyes changed. But now people are telling all, telling about their struggles with depression, telling about their struggles with weight loss and weight gain, telling about their relational troubles. And somehow the more they tell, the more endeared they become to others. I think especially when somebody is perceived to be successful and yet they're open-hearted and share what troubles them in life or the trial they have, this really endears them to others because it shows, hey, we're in the same boat. Yes, I am blessed, but I have this challenge, this hurdle, this hoop to jump through, and therefore it makes life all the more, shall we say, tolerable. I still remember myself hosting a conference in Melbourne a while back, and we not only had a very, very famous Christian as the main speaker, but we had the son of that speaker also as a speaker. And everybody loved the son, because the son said, I live in the shadow of my father, and I have this struggle, that struggle, this indignity, that bit of obscurity, so on and so forth. And everyone thought, hey, he goes through the same thing we go through as well. This is being heartfelt and inspired. This is what Paul did in 2 Corinthians. And he says in verse 11 and 12 of chapter 6, and we're looking at chapter 6, 7 to 12, but especially 11 and 12, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. 
You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. What is the apostle saying here? First of all, he's talking about positive proofs of the ministry. By the word of truth, the power of God, armor of righteousness, honor and dishonor, evil report, good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown yet well known, as dying behold we live. He goes through a whole catalog of experiences that he's had in the ministry. Some of them we all go through. Some of them seem to be unique to Paul. And then he basically says, our heart is wide open. There are contradictions that happen. Like, for example, we are honored and yet we're spoken evil of. If the world speaks evil of you, that's actually a sign of God's approval. I mean, consider the source of the criticism and you will be vindicated and they will be shamed. Those are the contradictions. But yet the transparency, we've opened our heart to you and we have not restricted you. You're being restricted by your own bad attitudes and bad ways. Friends, if we're going to see ministry whom we can respect, remember that ministry will have paid the price. They will be transparent and they hold nothing back. Now I'm going to read to you from 2 Corinthians 6, verses 7 to 12. And our lesson is entitled, Open Hearted, The Transparent Life. It says this, By the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold, we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you, our heart is enlarged. You are not straitened in us, but you are straitened restricted in your own bowels. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 7 to 12. So let's unpack this passage of the open-hearted apostle verse by verse. So in verse 7 of 2 Corinthians 6, the positive proofs of the ministry include by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. So in the previous lesson, we saw how character patience, and love reflects well on God and the ministry. Here are some more positive traits of a minister everyone can respect. First of all, it says the word of truth. They preach and practice the word of truth. And by the way, to avoid scandal or reproach to the ministry, we have to be as those that preach and teach God's word, walking the walk, as well as talking the talk. But that's not just limited to teachers and preachers. All believers should be walking the walk and talking the talk, both, not one or the other. But especially if you, if you only chose one, please walk the walk, because your walk is also a statement that talks the talk. So we practice the word of truth. We also learn to move in the power of God. Friends, God is all powerful. And in order to extend his kingdom, it takes a lot of power, his power. It takes our labor, but ultimately his power. Nothing wrong with believing God to see manifestations of the Holy Spirit similar to what we read in the New Testament, healings, prophecy, gifts of the Spirit, and so on. It goes on to tell us about putting on the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. Of course, we may be familiar with Ephesians chapter 6 that tells us to put on the whole armor of God. So this is all great. But then from verses 8 to 10 are the contradictions. Because 
We are in a fallen world. We will be accused of doing wrong things, even when we're doing everything right. This is to be expected. The world lies under the realm of the evil one. He is a liar. He is the father of lies. He is a fearmonger, the father of terror and terrorism. He is a, a thief. He is everything you could imagine. He will put these words in people's mouths and sentiments in their hearts, and they will say these irresponsible things. They are all forgivable if they're repented of, but they happen. The same perverse people who spoke an evil report of the apostles as in Corinth, they will see that they will be, how should I say, disproved and shamed. All right, so what are some of the things that are spoken of? First of all, it says of evil report of the apostles, but also of good reports too. God's servants are accused of being deceivers, even though they stand solidly in the truth. They may face obscurity while simultaneously being on a high place where the spotlight shines brightly on them. They face in their bodies the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifest in those bodies. They face chastisement but are not killed. And here's a classic. Listen carefully. It says sorrowful yet always rejoicing. I want to say a few words about this. Friends, it is so important and very much a part of your victorious Christian witness that you open up and receive the joy of the Lord. It is actually a command to be joyful in the Lord. After all, Philippians tells us, rejoice in the Lord. And that's, I believe, chapter 3, verse 1. And rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. I believe that's chapter 4, verse 4. So, did you hear that? Rejoicing is a command. And I know it sounds strange. How can you command someone to rejoice? Well, in the natural, you can't. But in the spiritual and by the grace of God, you can. Joy is not only healthy for us. Joy not only downloads strength to us. As Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy makes life, of course, all the more wonderful, pleasurable, dare I say, enjoyable. This is a command for our good. It's like the peace of God. The peace of God spoken of in John 14, 27, where Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. It is important that we receive the joy and we receive the peace and receive the love of God. But let me focus for a moment on this joy, sorrowful yet ever rejoicing. First of all, if you study the epistle to the Philippians, it is the joy epistle. The theme is how to have joy in all circumstances. And I'm telling you now, if you can have joy in all circumstances, and God says it's available to you, just don't receive my grace in vain, receive my grace and my joy in faith. If you will do that, then issues like anxiety, depression, despair, you will see God working these out of your life. Of course, the peace of God goes with the joy and also ministers grace to you. Philippians teaches us not only how to have joy in all circumstances, but we are, in essence, required to have joy in all circumstances. And understand the irony. Paul is writing this epistle telling us to be joyful when he himself was in prison facing an uncertain future. We're not sure that he... We, he would even get out of this place alive at the time of writing. He did get out, although he was imprisoned later and executed. But the point being that he's telling us a joy that surpasses all circumstance. Now, it goes on to say sorrowful, 
yet ever rejoicing. There are things that will happen to us in life and in Christian service that, let's put it bluntly, will be sorrowful. It may be disappointments with people who you thought were going well in the Lord or not, or who have backslidden, or didn't keep their word, or you were looking for provision and the provision didn't come in, or somebody you know got very sick, or someone that you know very well and love has died. All these things can bring sorrow, but the sorrow rather than being permanent and joy being intermittent and temporal, God turns it all around. The sorrow becomes momentary. The joy is permanent. It's ever-present. It actually ministers grace. Perhaps one of the most dreadful things is to consider that our elders are getting older and that eventually they will die. And it's not the day you look forward to when a beloved elder, be it your parents or somebody else, goes into the next life. Hopefully they're in the Lord. But even if, you know, either way, in or not in the Lord, it's not a day we look forward to. However, this verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10, hold on to it, sorrowful yet ever rejoicing. I can honestly say when my own parents passed a few years back, I, I always thought to myself, this is the day I don't look forward to. But I can tell you, the joy of God was with me even then. And I'm if that can happen at one of the most dreadful pieces of news, then it can happen to anyone. Yes, there are untimely deaths. In my parents' case, it wasn't untimely. They lived their full life. But what about untimely things, tragedies and mishaps and others? Look, we can worry ourselves sick about what could go wrong. It's time to trust God and to say, look, God, I think of my children or my grandchildren or the future or the finances. And yes, this world offers no security at all, but you offer it. And therefore, I put my trust in you and I thank you for your love, your joy, your peace to be with me now through Jesus the Lord. Pray that kind of prayer and hold on to 2 Corinthians 6.10. You will find that God's joy will be with you all the time, no matter what, including times of sorrow. He goes on to say, as poor, yet making many rich. And the apostle knew what it was like to be poor, but all under his ministry became rich. And of course, he was never so poor that he didn't have what he needed to do what the God had called him to do. All right, it says the apostles had nothing, and yet, as God's ambassadors, they had access to all things. I know it sounds very strange, and we're really not able to process it all now. I can understand it because, of course, I've been in God's service a long time. But just remember that God often uses paradoxes to bless us. In order to be first, you have to be last. In order to receive, you need to give. In order to truly live, you have to die. Die to sin, die to self, die to the flesh. And if you want to go forward, you actually have to go back. Back to Bethel, back to loving and meeting with God, back to the first works, the first fruits, and the first love. These are God's paradoxes, and here we're seeing some of it as well. We also learned, I need to backtrack, the apostles faced beatings, but they were not killed. All right? So, transparency. Back to verse 11. O Corinthians, we have spoken to you openly. Our heart is wide open. Now Paul is getting personal, up close. We have openly spoken to you with an open, transparent heart. We have no hidden agendas. Therefore, we have also, how can we put it? You know where you stand 
with us. And then our final verse for this lesson, verse 12 of 2 Corinthians 6. You are not straightened or restricted by us. You're only restricted by your own affections. So contrary to the lies spoken of by this small group of people in the Corinthian church who still resisted Paul's authority and said all kinds of terrible things about him, they and the false brethren lied, but there was no restrictions put on the Corinthians by the apostles. None at all. On the contrary, the only restrictions they have received are from their own bondages, their own affections, their own willfulness, their own carnality. This lesson is called Open-Hearted and Transparent. And our lesson for life, we will always respect those in ministry who have paid the full price of consecration, consistency, dedication, and persistence. Let me say that again. Our lesson for life, We will always respect those in ministry who have paid the full price of consecration, consistency, dedication, and persistence. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations Education, and thank you for liking our page. Go to our homepage where you can also subscribe to the timely, monthly, free Issachar Teaching e-letter with articles on the Bible, victorious Christian living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we can all learn to be open-hearted and transparent like Paul, encouraging people with authority, with love, with anointing, and with grace to follow Jesus with all of their hearts all of the time, and especially help us to remember that we can be sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Help us to experience this reality and to export it to the world. In Christ's name, amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.